We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, happy Tuesday, happy CMOS girlies day to everyone who celebrates. (laughs) Weekly Um, holidays. A Sunday night that Kate and I are potting. It is finally warm in the city. I'm sure everyone across America was experiencing negative digits. It was a very gnarly weekend, but we survived. And I'm here with the homie Kate herself. How are you, my dude? I've had better weeks, I will have to admit, but the cold was crazy. I think I put away like that idea of ever wearing my unique low heat tech. I hadn't have to do it up until this point. And then this past weekend, yeah, it truly got rocked by the winter, but you know, what's 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 new? Em and I talking about the weather here on the podcast. Uh, we have a podcast about fitness and movement basics, but of course we have some lovely intro topics for you listeners. Um, also shout out to all the new meme, you know, followers. I mean, we say new, but it's, you know, a few thousand. That's a, that's a good chunk of people. Em and I were always curious about how people find us. And I think it's probably through the sharing on your stories. So love when you guys share on the stories and get your friends to be CMOS girlies. We love the synergy there. Yeah, we do. Um, um, okay, the first topic that I want to discuss about is so Kate and I are obviously in our wellness TikTok world, yeah. and I actually created a little folder just to save all the crazy wild shit that I see. That's smart. And of course, Kadashi's is having a moment, and I found this insane TikTok, and I don't know if it was satire or if it was real, but oh, it, was it was real. This hippie little dude. And he was like, you should put cottage cheese in your coffee. And he proceeds to put cottage cheese in his coffee. And I sound like I'm like, what is this? He's like, the milky parts gets like mixed into your coffee. But then like the little curds act like is act like boba when you sip on your coffee. And I was like, this is insane. But Kate, I have to ask you the serious question. Would you ever consider putting cottage cheese in your coffee? No, because I think cottage cheese has a cheesy taste to it. Like it has a salty, cheesy taste to it. And I would not want that in my coffee at all. But would you? No, because I think the idea of hot cottage cheese would actually make me vomit. And yeah, I kind of also feel you. I don't want a savory flavor. I enjoy whole milk in my coffee now, but I would never intentionally put cottage cheese in my coffee. I think also like I'm finally accepting of the cottage cheese texture, but I think 
like the boba tea like metaphor there is very odd but i do think he was serious i really should go back and look at his other videos and see what other food things he's doing but that threw me for a loop but speaking of coffee my newest obsession um well i've been in bed just like thinking about ordering stuff online and this is my this is if you're listening to this and you don't like order food stuff online do it because i was down bad and i'm like i love these nut pods things i don't remember if i mentioned this like last week or something but there's this one flavor that's like marshmallow oh my God, and i've realized that i love creamer more than i like milk in my coffee i prefer something that's richer versus something that's just like a lot of liquid with like water like every sort of plant milk is like watered the fuck down so i know i discovered these nut pods when i was home can't really find the marshmallow flavor here in new york and so i was buying just like the vanilla one from whole foods so i went on the nut pods website and of course whenever you order shit there's like an order minimum i ordered 12 12 nut pods to my apartment in which I have to say, if you're also a Nut Pods fan, shout out to Nut Pods. I got free shipping. I was also high when I ordered this, but I got free shipping and it came to my house under 24 hours. Damn, their facility must be in New Jersey. No, I feel you on the yeah. creamer thing. I'm kind of the type of person where if I'm going to put something in my coffee, I just want it to be like a creamer or something more decadent Thick, because yeah, yeah. The, anytime I put milk or three trees or any type of milk, I'm also back kind of to making my own milk. Okay. Don't ask me why. Oh, I just I got nuts and seeds yeah. I got to work through. But I'm just like, I don't taste anything. So what is the purpose of me doing this? Yeah. Um, but I haven't had the Nut Pods marshmallow flavor. That sounds really yummy. Yeah. Um, it's really creamy. It's really sweet. Once again, I feel like I enjoy and savor my coffee more. Um, and it makes it feel more decadent, like I'm getting a latte from somewhere versus like some coffee that I'm just slurping down. So yeah. um, yeah, that's a fun one that's been in my universe. But you're back swimming, dog. So talk more. I am back swimming. Okay. So for people, I'm sure you've been with us as I've been discussing my desire to swim again and my frustrations with it just not being easy to swim in the city. Granted, probably not really easy to swim anywhere because swimming is not like a typical sport like running or soccer or baseball right um but if you're a girly who lives in new york city and maybe you want a gym membership or are into swimming but don't know where to swim the new york city rec centers they're ran by the new york city parks and recreation so through the city they offer free memberships for anyone who's under 25 or it's 150 dollars for an entire year they didn't even check my fucking like id when i gave them my little piece of paper and you get access to all the indoor pools uh across the boroughs which is great so pretty accessible because there's a lot of places all throughout the city so i went swimming this morning up in chelsea i biked my way over there reminded me of when i was practicing at the chelsea piers and i really had no idea what to expect very clean facility i was one of the youngest people there classically but i immediately became best friends with a 73 year old woman i love her to death i don't know what her name is and she was like, I'm not a very good swimmer, but I just like go and try my best. And she was like, do you swim like really well? And I was like, yeah, like I was a competitive swimmer, yada, yada, yada. And then she proceeded to be like, oh my God, your legs. And I was like, girl, what? And she's like, you have very good legs. And I was like, okay, thanks. She's like, yeah, those are legs for swimming. And I was like, okay, thank you, queen, yeah. for complimenting me on my swimmer legs. Girls supporting and, girls. And and it's so funny too, because she was like, you know, the men, the men in the pool, they're, they're so aggressive. They just like... <laughs> whatever she's going on and on and I was like okay I'm sure I'm fine because again like I'm 24 peak fitness I'll be okay and so I was swimming yes it was crowded but oh my god it just it felt so good to be in the water and I like the first few strokes I took I was like yes this is like what is meant to be for me and it was just a very lovely experience and just all the people there were so kind like I was whatever changing getting back into my clothes after swimming 
And one of the ladies was like, oh, I'm just like so grateful to be able to swim. Like, I don't even care if it's only for five or 10 minutes. And I was like talking to all these ladies, like, I feel like I'm part of a community right now. And it's so hard to find that in New York or just like find special moments. Um, And yeah, it was so good. So I will be swimming more. I'm going to test out the Williamsburg pool, but catch me just city biking all over the city, trying out pools, making friends with the old folks. But yeah, if you're someone who's into swimming or just you want to get better at swimming, definitely do it. It's really great. All... All levels are welcomed at the New York City Rec Centers. Love it. Yeah, I'm awful at swimming, but I love this community moment for you. And it's like, it's fun when you find a new hobby or something, or even like I had to go to a PT appointment, like the Upper West Side. Like it's just a new, a new like routine that you get into a new place to have to go. Literally. Um, It's so easy for me just to stick in my own little bubble. Also, there's one other TikTok thing that I saw that I think the gluten-free girlies might like. I whatever was on tiktok found this video of a girl being like i went to the gluten-free market in new york city and i didn't know that there was a gluten-free market specifically for gluten-free girlies but it's called a gata valentinate i butchered that but it looks really cute it looks very aesthetic kind of reminds me of butterfield or maybe another version of erwan but if you're a gluten-free girly in the city and you're seeking out stuff because i know for people who have actually like a very serious celiac disease it can be very debilitating um, so definitely check that out because I didn't know that existed and kind of like hmm, maybe I take a trip up there even though I'm not gluten free. Yeah, that's a cute moment. I've been thinking about more excursions. Um, mm-hmm. even though this past weekend was cold, I can I can glimpse get a glimpse of it becoming spring. And I feel you on the city bike moment where you feel invincible once it's like 50 degrees and you can city bike versus like 20. So yeah. looking forward to that. Um, for the toes and the fingers not to be cold. <laughs> Um, but this pod is all about getting started in movement and fitness. I think Emma and I have both had unique experiences with movement and we talk about it a lot like throughout the pod episodes. But I think we realized that this would be a good like grounding episode of sort of like things that we've learned, like things that me- we would change. Um, this also episode is kind of hitting me now because like kind of back to ground zero, like unable to walk. So it's kind of like what would I do if I like the day that I'm ready back to walk, like what would be the first thing I would do um, to start running for me, at least as an example. So I think it could be good um, for the girlies to hear at all ability yeah. levels. Yeah. We've gotten a few questions to do kind of more baseline episodes just to kind of get people like really accustomed to like, even like the whole general concept of like health and wellness. And I think exercise can be very confusing because there's so much information on the internet of, you know, what's the best type of exercise and how to stick with it. So Hopefully these tips help you all. It's also the start of the new year. And I'm sure a lot of people are exploring new year resolutions. And sometimes that surrounds fitness. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. I'll call you back and we'll chat all things fitness. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Meet Huel, the first nutritionally complete 
plant-based protein powder. Today, we're focusing on Huel Black Edition, which is a protein supplement that includes 27 essential vitamins and minerals and 40 grams of protein per serving. I love adding it to smoothies and yogurt bowls for extra nutrients to support my lifestyle. One reason why we love Huel is that their mission is to create complete, convenient, affordable food with minimal impact on animals and the environment. All of Huel's products are vegan and have a one-year shelf life to reduce food waste. That's a win in our books. They even make it easy to adjust your serving size easily and know exactly what and how much you are putting into your body. Possible benefits of Huel includes things like vitamin C to support your immune system, omega-3s for a healthy heart, iron for maintaining energy levels, magnesium to support teeth and bones, protein to support muscles and bones, vitamin B12 to support metabolism, zinc for healthy hair, skin, and nails, and lastly, fiber to support digestive health. So if you want to try out Huel for yourself, you can use Huel.com backslash CMOS, which includes a free t-shirt and shaker with purchase. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics, and let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, so to start off the episode, like how to get started in movement and fitness, obviously this episode, one, disclaimers, Emma and I are not doctors. We are not your physical therapist. We are not licensed or registered in anything. We are simply your friend. That is the perspective you should be taking from this, just as a disclaimer, because there's a lot of info on the internet, of course, and we don't want to like act like we're doctors because we are not, and we both know that. So when it comes to movement and fitness, this also will be very different for like where you are at, and you're going to have to kind of have a dialogue with yourself because I don't know your own relationship with movement. I don't know what you like to do. I don't know how strong you are, et cetera, and like what works and what doesn't work for your schedule. So these are just some notes that we have come across in this episode. So the first thing we have here is sort of um, figuring out your why. Um, And I think this is the very like personal core thing that's going to have to come from a a deeper place, a more spiritual place, or otherwise the movement's not going to stick. I think we all get in the habit of trying to do any sort of lifestyle change in a very um, like band-aid way we're just like okay I'm gonna slap this on and just start doing this new thing like for me I'm someone that I'm a, I'm a messy girl and I always gaslight myself to thinking like I'm just gonna like clean my apartment every like every other day it never happens because it's a habit that I'm not like I do it out of this weird um I saw a TikTok about this like when you do activities out of guilt or shame they don't stick 
you know, if you're doing any sort of diet or detox out of a, like a reason that you don't like your body. For me, I have this weird like thing of feeling like I'm a messy kid because my sister's very like organized, like type A freak. So I think whenever I go to clean or something, I always feel like a guilt and shame around it. And I think with movement particularly, I know that's really easy to go to the guilt and shame tactics of like getting into a type of movement. I'm just going to go run on the treadmill for 30 minutes to burn calories, or I'm going to get into this because it'll get me long and lean. Like all these buzzer bullshit words you see in fitness. I think that's um, not a grounding reason of why something will stick with you. And um, not to say that if you don't like doing a type of movement, it's going to be that way forever. At least with me with running, I didn't know how to run. Um, Running was punishment for sports. I always associated with something negative of like a guilt and a shame thing of like, I fucked up in volleyball practice. I have to run a killer. I suck, right? Um, Now that I have a different relationship with running and like took time off from it and was thinking about like pacing and distance and not judging my own ability, it's different. So I think one, don't count yourself out of doing any sort of like movement style because I, you know, I for a while was like, I'm never going to do Pilates. Now I do Pilates, but try to figure out like what is what is the reason that you really want to move? And if it does come from like a deeper, like traumatic of like my eating disorder is still fucked up or this or this, that is totally okay. Just like journal about it, think about it and make sure that the movement isn't coming from that like toxic place, you know? Yeah. And there's so much talk on the internet about what is the best type of exercise for certain type of goals. And I don't even think that your goal has to be rooted in something that is based off of aesthetics, right? And if you're someone who's like, hey, I didn't really do any sports growing up. I don't really have a foundation when it comes to fitness. Like I've just kind of gone to the gym and done random stuff because that's what people have told me to do. But I actually want to figure out something that works for me. Like Kate said, figuring out your why will kind of help guide you in that path. And so you can ask yourself questions of, do I just want to improve my general health? Maybe I want to improve flexibility. So maybe you'll start doing yoga or maybe you just want to improve your mental health and maybe you want to feel stronger or get stronger so maybe you'll start lifting then I think those are really easy ways to kind of start because there's so many different forms of exercise I mean even just going on a walk or kicking a soccer ball around with your friends that is still considered exercise and movement in my eyes and it doesn't have to be the super regimented thing such as like running 10 miles a day or going on a 50 mile bike ride or lifting x amount of weight and i think for a lot of people too that even if you did grow up doing a lot of sports in your entire life me especially like if you didn't end up going to college to do a sport that's sort of the first time where you kind of have to take the initiative to really exercise on your own because when you're in high school or in grade school you're probably doing some sort of club sport where it's just like your parents toss you on the track or at the swimming pool they're like okay have fun go do your movement And when you get to college, that's maybe you don't have access to a pool anymore, or maybe you don't have access to the same types of movements that you did back then. And so it can be really new and kind of confusing to navigate the space of what you should and shouldn't be doing, not shouldn't be doing, but like what you want to do. And yeah, so that's kind of like the first thing. Again, it's also going to take so much trial and error. I know for me, when I was at the gym, I really had to figure out how I liked to lift and to make that stick with me. And for running, it took me a while to kind of get adjusted to the feeling of sweating because as a swimmer, you don't sweat. And that was like a really weird sensation for me. And all the times that I've tried to force myself to run on a treadmill and never stuck. And so now I'm like, okay, Emma, you know, you hate running on a treadmill. So now like, we just don't consider that an option for me. And I think that's it's helpful now that I know what I do and do not like, but again, it takes time and a lot of trial and error. Yeah. And like I said, with not counting off, you know, like um, 
types of movement. I also think like once you kind of have, let's say, you know, a, let's say a relationship with like eating or something like that, or maybe it is a relationship with movement that is bad. I think for me, like I spoke about this in a long time ago, like I counted myself out of ever running a marathon or a race because I was like, I don't want to train that hard. Like I was very burnt out from like playing college athletics and I didn't want to have like a rigid schedule with movement. So like for four years of my life, I was just like following what my body wanted, like lifting randomly, moving randomly, like not really focusing on like sleep and recovery and timing of workouts. And now I'm kind of back into a more regimented schedule. And like after doing it for six months, I would have to say, I do like it more. I do like having a weekly roadmap versus waking up and kind of just choosing what I want to do. Um, And also another thing, like training goal, like Emma said, I really hate on the internet. There's so many opinions, obviously, which is great. Like We love diversity of opinions, but there's so many opinions about what's the best movement style. And I think that becomes a really paralyzing thought of like, okay, well, they're all bad or they're all good. And I'm just not going to do anything because I don't know what to do. Um, there, I think there also like, there can be a training goal, but I don't want it to be about your physique, physique, oh my God, physique, physique or visual aesthetics. It shouldn't be like, I want to look this way. So I think Pilates is going to make me look this way. Like, I'm really sick of like Pilates videos that are like, Pilates helped me get this body. I was like, no, like you were, you were naturally thin and you didn't have to like go through a major weight loss journey. And like, you just started doing Pilates and it like that worked for you. It's not going to work for everyone. So I think take every single video you see on the internet of like those body transformations with a grain of salt, yeah. because like even, even like from a metabolism perspective, like you and someone who are the same height and weight, like could digest food very differently. Your stress is different. Your sleep quality is different. And like, it's not going to be a clear cut answer. And I think that's something you have to get comfortable with. Like, I think I love seeing the videos on TikTok that are like, normalize like the girls that go to the gym and haven't seen like major body progress but just like do it to do it and that's kind of the same like for me at least I thought I I thought at least like okay I'm gonna get into running like my body composition is gonna change just because I'm going from doing like explosive movement to more like steady state cardio is my main thing my body looks exactly the same if from volleyball to now and I think like getting away from that visual aesthetic thing of like my body's going to change if I like prioritize one type of movement but maybe think more of like is there a training goal like I know for runners it's like I want to be able to run a 5k or even run for 10 minutes straight like that was a goal for me for like a very long time and I think you also can have functional health goals um as I talked about like that the idea of like a modern gym is very interesting when you think about our ancestors who like weren't doing kettlebell swings like they weren't doing like tricep dips they were just doing movement to like fit their manual labor like that's how people were moving their body before gyms and like sedentary jobs we have now so I think like I always think about like lifting or getting stronger when it comes to like functional things um for example (laughs) this is like a really odd example but when I lay off my bed to reach for my phone charger (laughs) it's a little bit too long and when I try to reach over there and do like a weird like push-up I don't have the strength to like get back up on my bed like from a push-up And I had the thought the other day, I was like, I want to get stronger so like I can do that. And that might seem like a silly, goofy thing, but like that was a functional movement thing that I'm like, I want to get stronger in my arms so I can do this one task. Or like, you know, when you're trying to put your carry on in the overhead. I was about to say this. I feel like so many people are always like, I want to be strong enough so I can lift my suitcase up into like airplane thing. And I think that is such like a great thing because they're measurable because otherwise you have to like rely on like some gross ass man to lift your thing off and no one wants that. And they're totally like more measurable, which like, um, which like is it also great. Like you don't have to like, you know, go to the gym and test your hang clean. You can just like fully go do the thing that you've been trying to do and see how your progress stacks. So, um, I think that's another good way to get into movement and like, you don't have to have 
specific goals either. I was kind of free balling it for a while and it did work out for me, but I think it's hard to stay on track as well or kind of feel like you're doing anything. And I think sometimes if, you know, there's obviously a lot of camps of like some people want to move their body just as like a thing that will, you know, provide the dopamine dopamine release, move your body, get out of the house or something like that, or maybe go to a workout class with a friend, which is like totally good. But if you, if that's not like a much of a motivating factor for you, if that would like, you'd be like, what, what am I doing here? Like, what, what's the point of this? You know? Um, Cause I think sometimes when I'm like running, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, what's the greater purpose? Like I forget my why a little bit. I think it can help you to stay on track to maybe have like a weekly breakdown of what you want to accomplish this week. And if you follow it, that's like totally like a, okay. If you like fall off the bandwagon, but maybe having a breakdown. So then you can think about your workout and like your week ahead and like where to prioritize. Like I'm going to push, go all out on this one. And this one, I'm going to chill more because I think it, it prevents burnout. It prevents that sort of fatigue. And it also prevents overtraining. I think there's like, and also as women, like certain parts of your cycle, you're probably going to be more excited about movement than the other. And I think it's really easy to overexhaust yourself during certain parts. And then other parts you're like playing catch up because you're way too tired from doing shit. So for me, like with running, I mean, it's like I would have an entire day off before my long run so I can like chill that whole day, like really do a lot of mental prep to know like tomorrow's going to be the day, have a rest day after my long run and then like get back into it so I can kind of prep the rest of my lifestyle around like workouts to a degree. I mean, I'm not changing really like what I eat and like what I do, but just like the mental idea of like knowing when I'm going to be working out is like helpful for me. Yeah, I think like accountability is probably the biggest thing early on. And if you're someone who maybe it's easy for you to fall off of things or just consistency too, because life is crazy at times, I think a really helpful tool is if you can afford to do workout classes, like schedule your classes in advance because you're probably not going to cancel those because you'll have to like, you know, bite the cancellation fee or all that. And it just is a good way for you to be like, okay, I committed to this. Like I'm going to go whether I feel like it or not. And I think also if you have a gym buddy to go to or to go to the gym with, I think that's another really great way for you to stick on like some sort of path or some sort of goal, just so that then workout doesn't feel super intimidating. It's more just like something that you look forward to, because I think that's one of the first few hurdles that you kind of have to overcome. And that kind of gets into, so maybe you want to start going to the gym or maybe you want to start lifting, but you don't know where to start. I think something that was really helpful for me to know was that when my brother was in town, he played football, played basketball, did cross country, not cross country. He did track in high school. So he did a lot of sports and was like in the gym a lot lifting. And he was like, Emma still to this day, like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like most of the time. And that is true for a lot of people. A lot of people don't know what they're doing at the gym. And sometimes they look around and I'm like, damn, these dudes also look silly doing stuff. And like, no one has perfect form and that's totally fine. We're all just like figuring our shit out. Um, but if you do want to go and start lifting, but you are intimidated, for I would suggest, and again, I'm not registered by any means, is to like start small and like start light when it comes to lifting and not doing any, any type of ego lifting and really prioritize your form so that you don't put yourself at risk of injury. I think early on, I definitely was like, I'm super strong. I'm going to try to like squat all this weight. And then I like fucked up my back. So don't do that. And there's also so many great resources on the internet. This is the one area where TikTok can be helpful that I have learned a lot about proper form and workout splits. And I think also on social media, find some sort of fitness influencer, if you want to call them that, that like really resonates to you, whether that's, I don't want to say aesthetics, but I think when you have someone who has a similar body to you, it can be really helpful for you to be like, okay, yeah, like I can look this way in the gym and like still feel good because again, with like 
all the talk of like the Pilates and Tony and myself and like people being like this workout like bulked me and this workout didn't that can be like a really jarring experience for you and you can be like well fuck my body looks like this so does that mean I shouldn't be doing this workout or like why is this person looking this way and I'm like following their workout routine and again so much of it is genetics remember but I'm gonna list list off a few people that I really like and another tip for TikTok and lifting is again, creating collections on your profile for like upper body videos and lower body videos. That's really helpful for me because I can like immediately go to like that little folder and like scroll through type of workout routines. But a few people that I like, there's a million on the internet, but uh, Michaela Amory, Eric Roberts Fitness, he does a lot of good um, form videos, Henley Fitness, and then Haley Madigan. And then there's also a bunch of workout guides for lifting I know there's like gains by brains and then that Natasha Ocean they're both YouTubers Mm -hmm. and I think their workout guides are fairly affordable but I think that's a really great place to start just to have some sort of foundation versus like going in blind because yeah you know when you do a lap pull down there's so much more than just pulling the bar down and if you want an effective workout there is some mechanics that you have to teach yourself to do and also lifting gets easier once you start getting stronger like I can now actually focus on using my lats or actually focus on using my biceps versus surrounding muscles because I now have built up that type of strength. Yeah. And going on with lifting too, like as you were saying, those, there are workout guides that you could pay for, let's say like a personal trainer at your gym for like maybe a month. Like you don't have to like keep doing it, but I think that is something from the accountability piece that like, you know, that you've paid for it, you're going to show up. Um, so if you've had an issue of like, I've definitely had my bouts with lifting of like going really hard for two weeks and then I kind of fall off the bandwagon. Um, Maybe because I don't feel like it's getting anywhere. Like it's pretty unrealistic to expect a significant amount of change um, from stuff. But then once you do have that first kind of like, oh, I do feel stronger. I do feel like mental clarity or whatever benefit you're kind of like aiming to get. Once you have a feedback that it's working, I think that's when the the, uh, accountability kind of is a lot easier. So I think totally like if there's like a $40 like plan or something like that, I mean, I don't know how expensive like personal trainers, I, I can imagine there's a whole range of numbers, but maybe that is a good investment to make, you know, like I think costs and stuff are, it's tough to um, allocate for that, but workout classes are very expensive. And I feel like the personal trainer route could be honestly more affordable in the, in the long run uh, than, you know, buying a five pack of classes or something like that, where you're not getting the one-on-one attention. You're not like getting that feedback. Um, and kind of the next of like how to stick to it when you're not seeing results. So from a running perspective at me, um, also like, I want to talk about it first, actually, like how to start running if you don't really know where to start. So a few routes, I would suggest you go down the Nike run club app has a lot of guided runs and you might be like, Kate, I'm not listening to someone talk when I'm running. <laughs> there's a, there's some of them that will have like few, a few like, um, cues about like, pick it up here or like slow down or like run for five minutes, walk for five minutes. So it's not the whole time and you can play music in the background. So it's not entirely just like listening to someone talk. Cause that would drive me crazy too. The second thing is, um, outside of that, you also, there's this program called couch to 5k. And I'm sure like a lot of runners have heard about it, but it builds out a really slow, gradual program of getting you to run your first 5k. And I've, I've looked at the program before. And I think some people are like, Oh, it feels super silly. Like I can run longer than five minutes the first day, but it is built out by running coaches who know like when you're going to burn out, when you're going to fatigue, like it intentionally doesn't have you run 15 minutes straight for the first day, or people would not commit to it. So that's another thing where it's like the slow growth of getting into it. 
the second thing that's really helped me with consistency with running is I've never been like a long mileage girl. And I've been really questioning mileage, um, you know, um, with, if you're a runner and you're training for a marathon or something, there's a lot of advice about like how many miles do you actually need to run in a week to train for your first marathon? Like, do you actually need to run a 20 mile run or are you good with 15? And I've heard people come from both sides on it. So, you know, just proceed to that with caution if you are training for a marathon. But when it comes to how many, I think, times running throughout the week, I'd always been a really low mileage girl, but a high frequency girl. Like maybe I would go on a run for two miles, but I would go on four runs throughout the week or maybe three runs throughout the week, like three to four runs throughout the week. And then like strength kind of around that. Um, And that worked a lot better for my body than doing like one seven mile run. Cause that was just too daunting for me mentally one to run for that long. And two, I like building up the frequency of like putting on my running outfit, preparing for what I'm going to eat before, like building that on my schedule. I think it became a lot easier of a habit for me to get once I did it more regularly than doing that, like more mentally enduring, like long run. Um, so if you're kind of someone with the, that same like mental tendency as me, try to run more often than you do longer. And I think it could be a more enjoyable time for you. Um, and you still can get the same benefit of it. Like you're still building your endurance. Um, you still can focus on your strength and like recovery and mobility stuff around that. And it's not too like all or nothing. Cause I think that can be bad of like putting all your pressure to perform on one day. Cause there's plenty of days I wake up that runs are shitty. Um, and yeah, it's better to, I think, just train in like a smaller, more approachable way with running. Yeah, for sure. And I think when it comes to not seeing results or maybe you're just down bad and are like, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere with life. What's helped me is kind of focusing on the other benefits of working out because there's so much more than the physical aspect. So it could be like mental clarity, mood, energy, or maybe it's just the just the routine of you kind of going through the process that is like another benefit or bonus and for building muscle especially I think a lot of people underestimate the process of it and underestimate how long it takes it can take upwards of like 12 weeks to even start seeing any actual results and so many things kind of unfortunately have to align in order for you to build muscle and I think also another thing to remember is that a lot of people are probably on steroids or take other type of yeah. <laughs> enhancers, if you will. That's kind of more in the bodybuilding space. And men do have an advantage when it comes to lifting weights. So a lot of men, I get really frustrated because I'm like, holy shit, you can just like do five pull-ups. And yeah. I'm not, you know, shitting on anyone, but I'm like, you just kind of look like an average Joe. And I try to do a pull-up and I'm like, this is embarrassing for everyone, which is why I don't do pull-ups in the gym because I don't want to embarrass myself, even though that is something that I need to overcome. Yes. Um. But if you're kind of like, okay, I'm lifting, but like, why aren't I seeing results? Like what's going on here? So first you need to have adequate protein and calories. Again, I'm not going to tell you what that amount is. They usually recommend like one gram per body weight for protein. But again, do your own research, kind of play around again with calories. I'm not going to tell you how many you need to eat, but you do need sufficient energy because protein will help repair and you need enough energy to also create new tissue, aka new muscle. And then in terms of like hypertrophy, which is essentially going until failure to like, you know, grow muscle, you got to really be pushing to failure. And this is an area that I think a lot of people probably assume that they're going to failure, but aren't actually. I feel like even for my own personal experience, I've maybe gone to failure a few times because it's very unpleasant. Um, and so you can accomplish this by either lifting heavier or doing more reps slash sets or more time under tension. I have found for me that doing more reps or sets with kind of the same amount of weight is better for my body because I don't put myself at risk of injury or 
kind of having really shitty form when I am lifting something that is kind of beyond my means. And then also rest. Again, I don't think rest is talked about enough on social media. And I don't think people really show their rest days. And it's really easy to assume that people are working out every single fucking day, but that's definitely not the case. And I think people don't show their rest days because it's like not sexy and cool. It's just you probably wearing your sweatpants and going on a walk. But I think if more people normalized or shared their rest days, it would make everyone, I think, come more at peace or come to terms with rest days and that it's like okay to take a rest day and if anything you're probably way worse if you don't take any and with lifting you're creating the small injuries during the workout and it's during rest when your body actually repairs and builds the muscle so if you were not resting you are not going to build any muscle or see any results and another thing too is that I think results can really come when you least expect it, especially when it comes to strength. I know for me, I'll like feel weak for a few weeks and then randomly one day I'll do something and I'll be like, holy shit, this was so much easier than it was a few days ago. And I think those little moments you just definitely got to cherish and like write them down because they do feel so good and are extremely motivating. Yeah, I think with running, it's really hard to feel any sort of progress. And I think I'm not even like going to say that I've made running progress. Like I think I've been able to run longer than I previously was, but I think a lot of people are like, I want to run a lot faster and have very lofty goals of like cutting your pace down by like even 10 seconds for like a a marathon is a lot like that is crazy to do. And I think you have to enjoy with running the process of it more than like the goal. Um, I think it's goals like race day, a lot of factors of how you perform and what leads to an outcome. And if you get really down on that, like it's going to kind of ruin the 16 week training block that you prepped for. Um, So I think that's frustrating. I think with running, not seeing results, um, I think running is more different than lifting in the sense of like you are beating up the same muscles every single day. So that's why easy runs should be easy. If you do follow that 80, 20 rule of like 80% of your runs should be easy. 20% should be at that like max threshold pace and they should be intentionally fast speed workouts because if you are pushing your body in that dreaded zone three, you're not going to be able to recover properly, meaning your next workout's going to suck. The workout that's going to be sucky, sucky, sucky. And you're going to have to probably take a few days off to get back to status quo. So that's what I've noticed with running. Cause like lifting, you could do like one day arms day, one day leg day and give yourself enough time to recover. Cause as we mentioned in podcasts, it takes like 48 hours for your muscles to recover, which not to mean like you can't work out and then work out the next day, but that's just something to be cognizant of if you're really fixated on like results or like certain goals you may have um so yeah I think that's the part of running that I would be like I'm just so out of that mindset of like focusing on results um maybe I'm not like a good talking point but I'm like I just don't really give a fuck like if I run like a marathon like one second faster the next time I run it I'm just kind of like whatever like the training is fun for me the running is fun for me like that's the part that I enjoy more um now when it comes to like getting started okay you've heard our Lou and you're now thinking about it what are some things that we would do differently or the same or like how to budget about it gym membership there's everything under the sun emma and i was just saying earlier like i would never pay for an equinox membership which is like 300 dollars a month if you don't live in new york city so if you do it good for you girlies but 
that's something you got to figure out with the funds. I think you also could buy equipment for your home if you are committed to doing home workouts. I also know that home workouts are very dreaded and sad and annoying too. So like also take that with a grain of salt. Like, are you going to actually want to work out in your house for 30 days upon end? Or should you just go to the gym versus having the equipment in your house? Like maybe that would be a better mindset for you. There's also YouTube videos. There's also online subscriptions. Like we mentioned, you could buy a monthly workout plan or like there's a Pilates online subscriptions or even like your favorite studio might have classes that you can do from home so that could be something like a supplement to what you're doing if you want that class pass um which i feel like goes in waves because like you can get a free month i think if you download class pass and try it out but it obviously depends on where you live and how many studios there are i know a lot of people in new york use it at least for running try to find running groups in your area um instagram is kind of the main way that i found them in new york maybe like facebook groups or something like that because those are good ways to have accountability, learn about other people's like relationship with movement too. And like where they train or like, maybe I think I've learned from a lot of runners that I've met in person of like, you got to go to this guy as my PT, or you got to go to this guy for like mobility and strength, like specifically for runners, you're going to learn a lot more from like word of mouth than only just like being on the internet by yourself. Yeah. I think for budget, when it comes to swimming, unfortunately, there's not too many ways to budget because just having a swimming facility is just, it's an expensive thing. They obviously, obviously, throw those costs onto you. But if you're able to find like a YMCA, I think that's a really great place to start. Or if there's any place that has like some sort of day pass for swimming, I also don't have any of the fancy gear because most places provide that for you. And like, I don't have a speedo bag. I don't have any of that. I just toss my swim stuff into a bag you and call it a day. Um, but I think it's more just like finding a an affordable swimming pool. So you're gonna have to do your own research because it's going to vary a lot by state and by city. Yeah. Next section is supplements. So this is going to depend on what you're currently eating, enjoying, what you are, your goals are. But here's some things to consider if you are kind of working out or you've already gone on your workout journey. Um, I think things that are probably kind of universally necessary to a degree, to a degree, some people might not need it, but I think protein powder is a good one. Um, there's a lot in the market. You can look for prices, tastes, preferences, et cetera. They're vegan, not vegan way, this, that. But I think that is something to have in your back pocket. Doesn't mean you have to use it every single day. But if you're coming home from the gym, you're exhausted and you know that you need to eat something to recover and repair and you don't want to cook something, like make a smoothie, make a protein shake. Like it is like an accountability thing, I think, to have it. I mean, you also could get protein bars too, but I feel like protein powder is like a nice uh, kitchen pantry thing almost to have. So maybe do that. I think magnesium is something that we've already harped on like all the fucking time, but essentially important for people who are um, active, helping with muscle repair, recovery, sleep quality, which then will help your muscle repair recovery the next day. So I would say those two are like necessary ones. Um, Emma, I don't know if you have any like super necessary. I mean, water, drinking water is good I was going to say electrolytes, especially if you're doing some type of exercise where you are sweating a lot because you do need a fine balance of all the different minerals to actually be hydrated. So again, there's so many electrolytes on the market. I know Kate really likes Element. I have been enjoying the brand Cure, but again, that might fall into something that's a little bit more optional for some people. You can also just add just like little salt into your water. But I think having electrolyte powder is a lot more convenient than constantly buying a coconut water or some sort of Gatorade or beverage of that nature. Yeah. And I know there's ways to do like Celtic sea salt and make like an electrolyte drink if you want to go like the DIY route. So you totally could do that too. I think some other good options. Um, I was going to say creatine and someone asked to talk more about this in depth. 
So creatine, you typically think about like weightlifting, um, but it is good for like endurance athletes as well. I would say it is the most researched supplement when it comes to sports supplements and it has the most clinical trials. It has tested on like diverse populations as well. So it's not only just like jack dudes. Um, but the reason it's good, a lot of people are like, oh, creatine, the negatives people think of are like, it makes me bloated or I get acne from it. So definitely like test it out and see if that happens to you. But it's something that's going to help you build muscle. It's something that's going to like stimulate that um, in your body, like the the process of that occurring. Um, I wouldn't say like rely on it as like, this is how I'm going to get jacked type thing. Because I think some people with like, specifically with like weightlifting, like supplement stuff, I feel like it's the tone of like how they talk about supplements is very odd. But yeah, it is really good for like muscle building and just like staying um, in that place of like repair and not like your muscles breaking down and like atrophying and stuff. Next one I was going to say is like if you do like uh, taking a bath, Epsom salts could be a good thing. It's like a relaxing thing to do before bed. It's very affordable. That's a very cheap routine you could get into. The last one I was thinking of like supplements is like a pre-workout. I've never really found a pre-workout that doesn't make my body tingle um, because it has that ingredient beta-alanine. So I just normally drink coffee, but caffeine is a proven like aid to any sort of workout if you time it correctly. So maybe pre-workout should be in your future. I don't know. Yeah. And also, if you want to learn more about sports supplements or like pre or post-workout snacks, we have a full episode about um, exercise supplements. So definitely go check that out. I don't remember the, the number episode, but if you scroll, you'll find it. And there's a lot more nitty-gritty research about all that because I know Kate and I aren't going to touch on like fueling or like the types of food to eat because again that's a full another can of worms but I know we touched on that so you want more science go back to that episode yeah and I think that episode's in the 40s so you might have to do some digging there the last one are like free things that I want to talk about I don't think a lot of people talk about the importance of um walking I think like not going to say that that's like some crazy workout, but it is really important to longevity to getting your body moving throughout the day. It is very accessible. It does have significant mental health benefits, um, meditation kind of like similarities to like that peaceful thing. So I would say don't underestimate that of like your NEAT, which is like your, I forget the acronym. It's like your non-exercise activity thermogenesis yeah um essentially neat is like you know people always think about like what are you doing when you're working out but neat is kind of what you're doing throughout the day when you're not working out and how that kind of relates to your metabolism and body and like activity progress and stuff so don't sleep on walking stretching is free to do grab a little tennis ball and do some foam rolling type stuff for tight muscles yeah that's some stuff you can do legs up on the walls another good one to flush out the lactic acid Yeah. I also, I've been doing a lot of lymphatic drainages like on my stomach and body. This isn't really part of like exercising, but there's a lot of great YouTube videos for that type of stuff, mobility. So definitely use those guys to your advantage because PT and all that stuff is so expensive. And I'm always just like, how do people afford this? And really only go if you have a serious injury. I don't think you need to be getting cupping and all of that jazz. If you're just a person who enjoys movement, I think again, if you're like an Olympic athlete, which if you're listening to this podcast, wow new demo Um, unlocked (laughs) like you yes you should be going that makes sense for you but yeah yeah, there's so many free ways to exercise and to take care of your body you don't have to spend an arm and a leg to reap the benefits yeah and also sleep sleep is a great free thing that really if you're not getting good sleep you're not gonna have good workouts yeah um another thing of working out just general things of like you know your body and I think I've heard that nailed in my head a million times and if you have the 
you know, the ability to do something in like an autonomous way. Like you're not on a sports team. You don't have a coach like shooting down your neck of like what you have to do. Like really honor that and listen to that. Because if there's a type of workout you really fucking hate doing, like if I had a workout on my desk and it had burpees programmed into it, I would say hard no every single time. Um, If someone told me I had to wake up and eat, like what's a food that I really just get disgusted by? It honestly used to be cottage cheese. Like the texture of that freaked me out. Um, if, if if you had to wake up and just choose to do something you actively hate, like I would not do it either. So really treat yourself from like make your decisions from a place of love for yourself. Um, I think that's going to once make it stick longer and your life is just going to improve. Like if you can do that sort of like habit stacking and like choosing stuff from a place of love versus guilt and shame when it comes to movement. Um, Cause yeah, you only, you only got one body. And I think that's a thing you always hear in like the body positivity stuff. And it's kind of annoying. It's like, well, my body, my relationship with my body's tough. But once you start to look at it of like, I want my body to be able to do things versus look a certain way, your life's going to improve a lot. And it might be hard to get to that place and you might struggle and slip up, whatever, but the fuck, but like movement is a really good way to actually like listen to your body and learn from it and learn what works and doesn't work. And I think that's a really special thing we have to figure out in this life. Yeah. that's a very beautiful way to put it. So speaking as a bitch who is, looks like the Willy Wonka grandparents in bed, that's my motivational (laughs) speaking. Um, but yeah, that's the episode. I hope everyone found something insightful or helpful And of course, there's always Geneva and there's so many people of different activity levels on there. I'm pretty sure there's some people who are like actually registered. So if you want to search more information or just hear other people's opinions or thoughts or advice, check out Geneva. Our CMOS Frilly's home is welcome to all. Right. And as Emma said, yeah, maybe there's um, some personal trainers in the the chat that can work out all the girlies and create a plan for you guys who knows but not emma and i will not be writing workout plans for you guys but Mm -mm. maybe that is out there yeah so that's the episode uh kate what's on the docket for you for rest of the evening (sighs) try to find an mri appointment um maybe do an epsom salt bath and i don't know Uh, see where my uh see what things i can google on the internet for a fun little time what about you yeah i'm gonna drink some magnesium i need to not be on a screen for a little bit so maybe yeah. i'll stretch or go on a little walk who knows i'm really thirsty i'm drinking tea that isn't very good and now i want a sparkling beverage so maybe i will get a seltzer treat yourself to a little bev mm-hmm. i might uh order a 12 pack of olipop online because i'm yeah. interested i've just been thinking about all the brands i love and i'm like what if i ordered it online um so that's my journey tonight possibly just spending money on stuff can you know, whatever whatever gets you through these 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 times these trying times um, i need to order you. more sardines on the internet that's something that i need to do mm-hmm. True, that's a good one um well thank you lovely listeners next week's up who knows but you know where to find emma and i if you ever have a thing you want to slide in our cheeky dms we're always there we're always there on cmos is pumping out memes we're always there on tiktok and in geneva so holler with us there um and i hope you have a good tuesday hootaloo Bye, we will talk to you next week. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.